humans. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? Like, your um, hair does not look good. Classic. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, it's a uh, maybe I well, should take a I picture know, for the people. Very bouffant. Well, I just got out of the shower and it's drying. Oh my gosh, it's, it's gonna dry like voluminous, that. Voluminous. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Well, I have to for the people. Oh, hey. Hey there. You're going on a West Coast excursion tomorrow. West Coast, West Coast, am I right? I'm just kidding. I already did that a couple of episodes ago. You did. Um, Yeah. We're going to Oregon for a wedding, Seattle, and then Anchorage to visit friends. What's the temp in Anchorage at this very moment? Oh, at this very moment, I think I looked in the high was like oh, well, yeah, 65. Oh, oh, wait, no, Payne, you can't do that right now. Are you kidding? <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> no. What he was like getting in the shower. <laughs> oh, I can't hear it. Can you hear um, Barrett's loud ass movies playing there? But I can turn it down from my phone. God, what a moron! I don't even remember where we left off before we were rudely interrupted. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. See, that shit would have thrown me. Um, yeah, so we're going We're going to be gone for ever, it seems like. A week? I know, but, like, the sun isn't setting until, like, 11. I don't know. Oh weather.com says moon sets at 1.35 a.m. Damn, that is so weird. Let me know what that life's like. And then moon rise is at 3.42 p.m.? I don't get that. I don't get it. Oh, my God, I so it's dark all day? No, it's light all day. Like, they've sent me pictures at 10.30 p.m., and it looks like it's 2 p.m. I know, but then it sets until 3 p.m., whatever. I don't know. know. Alaskans. I saw that we have some downloads in Alaska, so y'all just let us know. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'll let you you know (laughs) next week. Yeah, or that. Did you see the Frank Floyd documentary? Hey. Someone told us that. I don't forget where they commented that. I know. It was on Instagram, um, Faded. Oh, yeah. We, did you answer her? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that was happening. I know. I'm so amped. Actually, I don't know if I'm amped. I'm going to get real pissed off. Oh, sure. Did you watch it? No. Is it like out? out? I, I couldn't remember. Oh, I don't was. know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also getting a lot of positive feedback about the Colleen Stan. That <sighs> only we ju- it just aired today, and we're already recording for a few episodes later, but, and I'm into it. So I'm like gonna only do very dark ones now and I'm gonna give every detail. <laughs> Please <laughs> it's gonna, don't. It's gonna be disgusting. It's gonna be terrible. Your lips will be permanently pursed. Ugh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. But I, um, I do dig it. I mean. <laughs> Payne came in to say sorry. Payne, her husband interrupted No. Uh, he came in, to, he didn't say sorry, he said bite me. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all didn't hear that? Yeah, no. Again, we can't hear it. I have one more order of business and then I'm going to get into mine, but I listened to a let's not meet today. And here's oh. what really gets me. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Amped. Love it. Love Let's Not Meet. I know. Shout out Andrew Tate. He, I think he's coming out. He's trying to like produce a TV show about it. So I'm like, oh, what's that going to be like? So every episode, I'm sure it's reenactments of just his stories. But so it's a little girl, six years old, and her dad always traveled for work. She she said she grew up from like the late 70s to the early 90s with her dad always traveling. And it was always her and her mom. But unlike most 80s and early 90s parents, she was like not a latchkey kid. He made drills for them, they had fire drills once a week, intruder drills. They had like a set what to do if this happens, this that while I'm gone, blah, blah. Her mom knew how to shoot a gun. She always found a hiding spot and always changed. And like once a week, he'd be like, all right, intruder drill, go. Nighttime. I'm like, he was a sergeant. Um, okay. And at six, she finally got permission to ride around the neighborhood by herself on a bike. She was like, this newfound independence is insane but he was in the front yard watching and gave her rules of do not cross the street on your bike do not go in the neighbor's yard oh and i'm gonna time you and if you're not back by something i'm gonna come search for you it's like a picture of just riding in a square she like takes a right at her house and then a left then a left then a left then a left and she's back at home you know right right so she goes the first one, takes a left and a left. And then on the third left where her dad still can't see on that corner, there's a white van. And she's all, oh, shit, I've been hearing about white vans and they're going to, that's a trap for kids and they're going to snatch me. So she's like, I can't cross the street. That's breaking the rules. I can't go in the neighbor's yard. That's breaking the rules. Shit. So she just I'm... zooms by. Nothing happens. She passes her dad. Wee, can I go another time? Yeah. Does oh, it again. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. I know. Sorry, I'm talking it so fast. Does it again. This time, his, an elbow's out the window. The passenger, the elbow's out the window. And she's like, oh, shit. They make eye contact. He's watching her, but she does it again. Zoom. <laughs> nothing happens. And this time, she debated being like, there's a white van that's scaring me, but she really didn't want to go inside. She really wanted but a like, third time around the block. <laughs> can she break the route? Like, just turn around. <laughs> By the time he gets to the white van, turn around and go the other way. That wasn't an option that we that I thought of. I don't know. <laughs> like, think about it. I don't know. You don't have to go by the van <laughs> yeah. or across the street. You just turn around. <laughs> Kids are dumb. <laughs> well, adults are too, apparently. apparently. You didn't think of that? I really didn't. <laughs> uh, she did mention a very fun hill that went. She, like... I, she kept wanting to go around because she was hoping her neighbors would be out so she could so they could watch her as she went down this really fast hill oh while she God. waved like so cute so maybe the, the simple hill, things the simple things she, like every time she went around she said she was disappointed that no one was outside to see it oh, <laughs> oh that makes me my heart happy I know but it was cute because that third time <sighs> okay he she got really the gut feeling and was like I'm sorry. I'm going to have to break the rule and go in the yard, and I'll explain to my dad later. I'm like, the thing is, you don't have to explain shit because he can't see you. It's like, this kid is not what we, what you and I were. Anyway. Yeah, for <laughs> real. So she, as she's about to, like, turn on her, like, onto the grass to avoid being in reaching distance to the van, he grabs her. By the armpits, she's holding onto her handle, so the bike's coming up with her, but there it's like a struggle. She's stiff arming the outside, the bottom of the van and the window, but her head is getting in the window. She's like, he's like slapping her wrist, so she'll let go and 
It's ultimately oh the biggest fight. And he's trying to like grab her belt loop. So he has like the bottom half and her. And so he has not said one word. They're just staring at each other. She said the driver says something, but she can't remember. He, the driver like moves five feet and then slams on the brakes. She was like, I don't know why he's doing this. I guess so he could like, hoping it would shake me, shake my grip and he could grab me. But it only worked in her favor. She kept wiggling out, wiggling out. One point she was, her head was almost out of the window, then he yanked it back. It was like that struggle. But oh, God. he, this driver went like 50 feet, slammed on the brakes, and it really worked in his favor. And she was really wiggled free with her shirt off. He grabbed her shirt, pulled it all the way off. So she books it, hauls ass to her dad. Oh, and, God. And her dad sees her running around the corner, bikeless and shirtless. And he just starts running towards her. And all she can get out is, man, van. And he Bolt. He doesn't even stop for her. Just oh, runs. My she, God. I thought you were going to say he set this whole thing up to test her. Oh, no. That would piss me off. And I'd be furious. No. So she peeks around the corner, and for some reason, uh, the van is still stopped. And he, she said she's ne- he ran track in college, but she has never seen that adrenaline dad rage like that. He's yes. booking it. She runs in. The mom calls the cops. The cops come, question her. Are there with, they're there within like two minutes. Comes and questions her, leaves. Her dad walks in shortly after, scruffed up like, to, for how long? I don't know what, how long cops got there in two minutes, left, then a reasonable time. And then the dad comes back. So I'm like, okay, obviously he caught up with them, the van. And she said he sent her to her room. She cracked it, but all she could hear was the dad say, the kids are safe. She has no idea what they're talking about. She asked for years what happened to that. He wouldn't tell her. She's fucking 44 years old now. He still won't tell her. <laughs> I was he like, killed well, he killed him. him. Well, <laughs> so, obviously. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on. You would like I seriously sat your parents down. I was like, okay, I can handle it now. What did you do to those two guys? It's and, only going to make me think more highly of you. I know. I'm like, if you say... Oh, you just, know. I'm like, you killed him. But like, what'd you do with the van? I would have all the questions. Yeah. I'm like, they're going to die and you're not going to know what happened. Oh my God. They better, That's she needs like, it All least. you need to do is write it down and leave it to me in your will. Cause I'm going to, this is going to annoy me the rest of my life. It annoyed me so bad. I love that. She's 44 though. I'm like, no, come on. Oh my God. I really want to know. I mean, I do know. He killed him. He killed him. He Buried him. But two men? I mean, I guess you were, unless he was carrying. <laughs> like, I don't know. While watching his kid in the front yard? Why would you have a gun? I mean. Maybe. And what'd you do with the van? I just, nothing makes sense to me. I love that. And it was a really good one. And the cops didn't, like, venture over there to be like, wait, tell us the direction. And if your dad chased after him, then, like, right. you definitely need to be involved. You- where all the, where's all this information? Okay, it's the latest episode. So you just give it a listen. Oh, good. I have a very long plane ride. It's like the only good story in that episode. Oh, great. Um, well, I mean, and I just literally told you. She gave no details. She didn't say why she did, went around the whole block and didn't turn around. Although it was the hill. I'm pretty sure it's the hill. Oh, my God. I need deets. I know. I need... Yeah, anyway. Okay. So that was fun. <laughs> and that was my story. It could have been. 
Could have been. Dad's a badass. Should have. Should have been. Okay, sorry. All right, you ready for it? It's like the beginning Yay. of it. It's like our intro. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Samantha Michelle Nance was born in Italy, Texas. Spelled Italy. Pronounced Italy. It's fun to say. Sources. Oh my God. Dallasvoice.com. The Cinemaholic, but really an old Dateline did a story on it. And it's very much a lot of Dateline. There's not a lot of articles about this at all. Oh, yeah. This is what, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh, um, doing I hope I didn't leave up the hype. The, the Dateline is really good. But yeah, was, an old one was on, and I told Rach not to watch it because I was going to do it. And now we're 11 episodes in, and I <laughs> haven't done it. I was like, when are you going to do that damn Dateline? Oh, my God. I hope it's not too hypeful. Whatever. No, it's not. All right. She was born in Italy, Texas. Sorry, Brown says. It's fun to say. And she went by Shelly. She was the youngest of three sisters. And her parents, Cynthia and Sam, said Shelly. It's like a tongue twister. Cynthia and Sam said Shelly was very different from them. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. All right. What did Sam? Sorry. Cynthia and Sam said Shelly was very different from them. They couldn't keep Rachel and Shauna in the house. Can you? Rachel's the bla- uh, black sheep. Cynthia, Sam, Shelly, and Shauna, and Rachel. These, these are all siblings. Yeah. Okay. Did you say that in the beginning? Yeah. I said she oh, was okay. the youngest of three sisters, and her parents, Cynthia and Sam, said Shelly was very different from them. They couldn't keep Rachel and Shauna in the house, but Shelly was very happy staying in on the weekends. She didn't drink. She didn't date. She pretty much avoided anything that would that may get her in trouble, which didn't make her the most popular girl in school, but she really didn't care. She loved art and really wanted to spend her free time drawing. Her senior quote was even, you laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at you because you're all the same. Ooh, sheep. Mm-hmm. Sheep, bad. Bad. That's what That's, I was waiting for you to do. Her senior quote was bad. That would be awesome. Amazing. Can, then, dash, can't hardly wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, classic. One day, her teacher suggested she enter an art contest sponsored by the Art Institute of Dallas. And she really wasn't confident in it. She thought she had no chance at all, but entered, and lo and behold, she won. A good girl. I know. So they submitted it to a national competition, which landed her fourth place. So in total, she got $13,000 towards a scholarship to go to the Art Institute. Wait, what year is this? Oh, sorry, 2009. Well, I guess at, at this point right now is 2007. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't say that. Sorry about that. Okay. How old is she? Well, she's a senior. This was her senior year currently. Okay. 2007. Yeah. So a grade younger than us. Oh, uh, yeah. I need to visualize. Uh-huh. No, I hear ya. So she got $13,000 towards a scholarship to go to the Art Institute in Dallas. Very outside her comfort zone being her first time away from home, but she, they had a media arts and animation program that she was dying to be a part of, so she went for it. Nice. Plus, uh, Italy is an hour away from Dallas, so if she, it's not that far if she really needed her parents. Yeah. 
Her freshman year went off without a hitch. She made a few friends. She was doing what she loved, uh, all in a bigger city than Italy. Her sophomore year, I just like saying it. I know. Italy? Italy. Spelled Italy. Italy. Okay. Her sophomore year, her parents decided to take a road trip to Yellowstone, which is about 1,300 miles away from Texas and a 20-hour drive. When they were leaving, they texted all three daughters, and only Rachel and Shauna responded. At first, they didn't really think much of it because Shelly was likely in class, but that evening, when she didn't respond, Cynthia really got worried. Her dad was less so because of how Shelly was. She, he was like, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't go anywhere. How could she possibly be in trouble? Like, what would happen to her? So he wasn't that worried. The next morning, however, when she still hadn't responded, then he started, a red flag went up. They called the university and asked them to go to her class. They knew her schedule, asked to go to her class and see if she's in there. But they wouldn't because they couldn't leave the office unattended. Some bullshit like that. (laughs) What? I know. I'm like, it's kind of dire. Just go. Like, a possible missing person. Like, what are you talking about? Can can one adult go and one adult (laughs) stay back? Like, who are we talking about? (laughs) Daycare? I know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They, they said no, though. But they said, when she gets a break, we'll have her call you. So they, talk, they call Shauna, Shelly's sister, who kind of tried to ease the parents' minds, reminding them that Shelly's 20 years old and maybe just wants some distance from mommy and daddy. So she kind of brushed it off. So her parents kept driving and were about 1,000 miles away at this point when the school called back. Shelly was not in class. They wanted to turn around right then and there, but they got some relief when the school administrator ran into a- Shelly's roommate, Ashley Olvera. She said she saw Shelly the night before at their apartment. She was fine. So they asked Ashley to go back to their apartment and have Shelly call her parents. Again, with this tongue twister, Ashley, Shelly, she, I just. I get it. That's tough. Mm-hmm. About an hour later, Shelly's parents were up in the mountains with very little reception when Yet again, the school calls back, and through static, Cynthia hears, your daughter's been found in blood, and the <gasps> effing call ends. It drops. No. She lost reception. Oh, my God. Oof. And you should hear this poor woman's voice. In the Dateline episode, she's, like, sobbing as if it was yesterday. The administrator or the mom? The mom. I'm sorry. Oh. Cynthia. Okay. She's sobbing. It's like heartbreaking. I'm so sad. So Sam and Cynthia turned their car around and raced down the mountain to get on the freeway and get back to Texas. When Cynthia finally got service, she called the police and they confirmed Shelly was dead. Oh my God. I know. And they couldn't get there fast enough. Mind you, that was a 1300, that Yellowstone's 1300 miles away, about 20 hours. And they were practically there. They were over a thousand miles away. That oh, drive God. and hysteria, I just, oh, ugh. my God. No. So Cynthia called their oldest daughter, Shauna, who lived the closest to Dallas, and told her that her younger sister was dead, and she immediately fell to the ground sobbing. Cynthia didn't want to deliver the news over the phone, but the police needed someone in Dallas as soon as possible to answer questions. Shauna hauled ass to Dallas, got to her apartment complex, which was surrounded by caution tape, and was yelling Shelly's name as she was running up to the door. I know, Jules, I hate this. I know. I just like, ugh. 
Uh, of course, the cops didn't let her through, but they're asking like if she knew Shelly's roommate, her boyfriend, who could have done this, all of which she had no answers to, obviously, because Shelly, she was a meek little girl. She didn't want any trouble, so she didn't have an enemy in the world. But the roommate found her, right? Yeah, roommate found her. Oh, God. When Detective LZ got there, he said his first thought was, I would never let my daughter live here. It was, I know, it was an apartment complex called The Falls, the Art Institute arranged for the students to live in. And I mean, it's like any other big city. There were some rough neighborhoods, and apparently this was one of them. I don't know Dallas much. I looked it up, and it's East Dallas, which is weird because the school itself is above Highland Park. That's the only place I do know of, which is a very, very nice part of Dallas, and it's the, yeah. the northern side of Dallas, so... It wasn't close to the school, so I don't, I don't know why. I did go to their website, and that's no longer an apartment complex. They house students in. Anyway. I should hope not. I know. Anyway, the falls is near a neighborhood called Pleasant Grove. So I Googled that, and the picture that comes up is a bird's-eye view of a crime scene with five cops and a woman. No. Yeah. And a woman who looks like she's only in a shirt running to them. I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God. This is horrible. So, yeah, it looks like a rough neighborhood, but— the apartments themselves, that if you Google the falls, they're not bad. I mean, they're a little 80s, a little outdated. Nice for college students. You know, the wall-to-wall carpet. Has sure. a pool. You know the type. You, you, yeah. You, exactly what you're envisioning. We've all been there. We've been there. Such a college students. They love it. Can you imagine? A pool? Yeah. <laughs> totally. In any regard, the detective changed his opinion the moment he walked into the apartment and saw Shelly. Initially thinking it could be a random act of violence to thinking it's personal, very personal. First of all, she was a college student who had no money and nothing was taken. So robbery gone wrong was not a possibility. The detective first looked at the front door and all the windows and there was no forced entry. He then walked into Shelly's room and immediately knew she definitely knew the person who did this. She was stabbed 42 times in the back and in her neck. It was overkill. It was angry. Ugh. It was a bloodbath, and she was laying on her stomach. So it was presumed that she was asleep. Oh, God. I know. He has been with the Dallas PD for 36 years, and that scene like haunts him. You can tell in the Dateline episode when he's being interviewed, his voice gets so shaky. Like Keith Morrison stops and addresses it. It was like oh, just a really? brutal scene. Yeah. So Keith. Keith. Sweet. He's okay. nothing if not sensitive. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sad. I know. She did have underwear and a T-shirt on, so rape wasn't an option or sexual assault. But the repeated overkill did tell the detective that whoever did it had uncontrollable rage towards her, hated her. But aside from all the blood, they couldn't find any useful fingerprints and eventually would find out that there was no DNA either. But they... What? What they did find was a tiny bluish silvery, like a quarter of an inch strip of plastic under her left wrist. They sent it off to testing and it turned out to be a fragment of a latex glove. They tested that to make sure that it didn't come from the medical examiner or any officer at the crime scene, and it didn't. So it had to be the murderers. Oh my God, they're like a professional. Oh, yeah, no. It's okay. At first, I thought you meant the detective. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Wait a minute. They sent it off to a lab. Where? Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Ooh. 
Big city. <laughs> so the first no. person they talked to was her roommate, Ashley Olvera. So Ashley was 20. She was also an art student. She's from Taft, Texas. Her major was Amination. Amination. I was like, thank you said that weird. Animation. And like Shelly, she was shy, but way more willing to go out, which she was more social. Given that Shelly wasn't sexually assaulted, there was no forced entry. She could have easily done it. Also, the medical examiner confirmed Shelly hadn't been dead for 24 hours, which means Ashley was very likely in the apartment when she got murdered. Oh, my God. I know. No, but thanks. But thank you so much. They take her in for questioning, and she is crying, but the detectives didn't think her reaction was strong enough for someone who just found her roommate brutally murdered. Like, even without having seen the body, the fact that I could have been in there when my roommate's murdered, I mean, would send me to therapy for the rest of my days. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of that Urban Legends. I was are, thinking that. Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Oh, my God. That, know that one? Really scare, spook me. That was always the one. That was my go-to urban legend at slumber parties. Yeah, yeah. Duh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which obviously reminds me of the movie. Do you know that I made... Barrett had never heard of urban legends, so last Halloween, I made him watch it, and we I could not get through two scenes. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it, you told me that. It's cheesy. So cheesy. Like, beyond... Any 90s horror. <laughs> but I don't remember why. But that's No, it. I kind of remember that. That's one of the urban legends in that movie. Yeah. And like, the killer ends up being Rebecca Gayhart. It's like, huh? <laughs> the girl in, in that scene, too. Sorry, this is such a tangent. Mm-hmm. Who is killed and it says, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Is the little girl from Halloween. Yeah. Danielle um, Fischel. Hey. Is that it? I think that's Topanga. Oh, that's Topanga. It's Danielle something. <laughs> Harris? I think Harris. Daniel Harris. Shut up. Um, if you don't know it. Just so, go watch Halloween. Just go watch Urban Legends. No, oh, these right. two girls are roommates. One comes in, doesn't turn on the lights because she hears her roommate having sex. She goes to sleep, ignores it, puts on headphones, and then wakes up. Her mar- her roommate's murdered, and then written in blood on the wall is, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? <clears throat> she wasn't having sex. She, she wasn't having murdered. sex, y'all. She was being murdered. Mm. Um, this is not a reflection on how we feel about Shelly, though. Absolutely not. It just reminds me of that. Like, the heebie-jeebies I would get yeah, without it, uh, it having sounds- found her. Almost made up. Yeah. I, like, I get the police suspicions. Yeah. But, okay, good. So, did, was she at least like, oh, well, you know who came over last night? No. Because she had no oh. idea. Um, okay. But they did say, so it's, they said her reaction wasn't big enough, and it seems more like um, her dog had just died than her finding her roommate <laughs> violently stabbed. So, he thought, like, What? Sorry. I don't know. It's just calm down. She's a kid. Like, what is she supposed to do? I don't know. I, it really threw me off watching the interrogation videos because I'm like, I don't know. I would probably be in hysteria. She's more like, look, I, I knew Shelly. We were friends. I don't know what happened, uh, sir. 
It really is like that. And she's, it all, I don't know, it kind of sounds like fake crying, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I just think I'd be like oh, hyperventilating, especially knowing what a meek, shy, introverted girl, like, like what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like there must be a killer on the loose. Okay. So actually, the detective LZ thought one of two things either they were dating the same guy or potentially they were romantically involved. So he was like, a scorned lover would do this, but she wasn't sexually assaulted. So maybe it was just a revenge. I don't know. Yeah. Both of which she denied. Ashley said when the school asked her to go check on Shelly, she came home, knocked on Shelly's closed door, but she didn't answer. So she went in there, saw her laying in bed with blankets on top of her, shook her. She got no response, so she ripped the blankets off and saw copious amounts of blood and called 911. Once they determined a timestamp on when Shelly died, the fact that Ashley said she saw her the night before didn't line up. Shelly was already dead by then. So Ashley's like, I just I simply got the timeline wrong. In fact, we actually don't, it's not unusual for us not to see each other for a few days. She said, sometimes Shelly will come into their apartment, put on headphones, go into her room and draw for like hours upon days. And Ashley kind of does her own thing. She doesn't really, they don't really hang in the same circle. I think that was good because I didn't look at it once, but I do. That was so good. Thank you. I'm getting my confidence back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what happened to it big guy <laughs> for those who did, I mean I bet we're gonna cut out Rachel berating me on how <laughs> awful I was doing in this episode to which I said let's just cut it let's just not do this episode and she's no <laughs> I don't know what, what's wrong <laughs> why not <laughs> so much better even if you're not friends with your roommate you still hear them they share a bathroom so even if you don't see them for a couple days a decent person would peek in their room to check on them that's what the cops think I don't agree and I don't know why I don't think that's weird what you I do think about meal even if you don't hang out like breakfast you never see them throughout the day I know college is weird because you have like classes at random you have times, classes but... at random times you have different schedules an introverted roommate who this isn't unusual for she goes and locks her door does her own thing they run in the like different circles i just don't i don't know it had been less than 24 hours since she'd been dead like I, she, yeah. she has a boyfriend i'd be like she's yeah. like, he's out of boyfriends I, I just do not think this is weird yeah okay that's true. It hadn't been like days and uh, yeah. days. But he That's thought he thought that in itself was weird. The fact that she would say it's not unusual four days to go on without seeing each no. other. And he's like, no way. I'm like, even days, a couple days. I'm like, she has a boyfriend. I just yeah. don't think it's that weird, especially if you're not that close. Okay. But they did find blood in that shared bathroom on the sink and on the trash can. And Ashley still didn't peek in and say something, which I I do find suspect. That's a little suspect. He did. I tried to Google a crime scene photo of it to see how much blood. Detective Elsie in his interview did say he exaggerated how much blood there was as a strategy to get Ashley to start talking. 
And she, cause she said she didn't notice the trash can. She did notice a few specks on this sink and just kind of went on about her day, went to class, which I imagine it's like, I keep picturing specks like she cut herself shaving. That, wait, yes. I, this is sounding familiar. And I feel like they showed the picture of the sink. And no, I was like, like I looked. Oh, well, then maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I was like, oh, I don't think I would necessarily. Yeah, like if it would looked like a scene from Scream, I'm sure she would have sent her a text. I'm like, whoa, what the hell? Well, you okay? Yeah. Okay. But like I picture, she was like, I noticed the sink, but nothing on the trash can. And so I'm like, Did, I think what you're thinking of is um, Amanda Knox. I knew it. No, really? Yeah, when I when I said it, I was like, I'm thinking of Amanda Knox. Yeah. One second. Huh. Okay. Carry on. So since Ashley was denying everything, they put her on the back burner as a suspect, and they shifted focus to Nathan Shuck, Shelly's boyfriend. Now, Nathan was a little bit of a punk rocker, you know, lip pierced, tattoos. He was also an art student. You know the type. Hell yeah. Nathan's friend, Chris Phillips, said he and Shelly were the exact same. Very quiet, loved video games, and they got along great. Chris was actually with Nathan when another student came up to him and said that someone at the falls had been murdered. It's all student housing, so they climbed in the car and started heading over there. You know, just being a little nosy, a little concerned, but you know. Sure. On the way, another friend, Jeremy, called Chris and told him that it was Shelly. So Chris hands the phone to Nathan and says that he will never forget his face, the sudden shift in his eyes from concern to just broken. Like, he just handed him the phone knowing he's going to change his life. So they now go to Jeremy's place, the guy who called. Mm-hmm. That was also who also lived in the falls. And after talking for a little while, the cops busted in and grabbed Nathan by the arm. And they said that Chris said they were so stunned about how aggressive and mean they were being. As obviously as the boyfriend, you're, I mean, probably yeah. suspect number one. Right. But to, he says that he was in class all day Thursday. So. Either way, Detective Elsie was ready to ask him the tough questions and get very personal. He's really, this guy's really no nonsense. Straight out the gates, he asked if he's a virgin. Question number one, he said he is. He asked if Shelly's one. He said, yes, to my knowledge, we haven't even kissed yet. Oh, my God. I know. And the detective's like, wait. No. And this guy's, he's big, burly detective, handlebar mustache and he's like y'all haven't kissed yet you're twin it looks like he's about to grab him by the arm laying into him that's weird that's weird how long they've been dating months oh that is weird (laughs) i mean i don't know it's like that is weird they've never even kissed no they've held that so far they've held hands in a sense man i know that kind of is cute but so Nathan also said he hasn't seen Shelly in a few days, which that I found more suspicious than the roommate, I'll admit. Oh, yeah. So the detective make him take off a shirt. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're such a bitch. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm going to say that <laughs> I'm scared. I just, I 
Oh, I wish I could have gotten through that without laughing. Nathan did it. So you're not just <laughs> laughing at this poor kid. I just had the best joke coming my head. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. <laughs> Built it up. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it without, without laughing. <laughs> So the detective makes them take off their shirt and they get freaky. <laughs> and they get freaky. freaky. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> Had you said it normally, it would have been funny. Okay, let me say it normally now that you know. So the detective makes them take off a shirt and they get freaky. <laughs> I'm only laughing at how hard you're laughing. It's not that funny. And it tells me that Nathan did it. You would never be making fun of this poor, innocent dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. To look for defensive wounds. I don't know how to um get it now. No. So the detective makes him take off a shirt to look for defensive wounds. He does have a few scratches on him, which he said he accidentally did himself. They then go to his apartment and find a very extensive sword and knife collection. Now, to me, meh, he's a game for some reason. I don't know why him being a little nerdy and a gamer makes it more normal to have, especially a sword collection, but it does to me. I don't know why this doesn't seem that weird to me. He's, okay. I, like, maybe does Battlestar Galactica maybe use no, swords no. or something? I don't know. It just seems, I don't know anything about that. Uh, it just doesn't seem that weird to me. I, I, all the, I, it's a scrawny little artsy kid who's never okay. kissed a girl. Come on. Oh, I know. I get it. Okay. So then the detective finds out that Shelly actually was planning to break up with Nathan. And this is the motive he was looking for. He thought maybe she was trying to break up with him. He snapped, blah, blah. When he confronts, when Elsie confronts Nathan with this information, he straight up is like, she did not say that. And he's like, oh, and he does. This is word for word. He says, <clears throat> boy, her oh, mama told well, me that you did it. Don't you call me a damn liar. Her mama told me she was going to break up with you. I mean, it is. He lays into him. <laughs> I can really picture him. You can. I know. It's exactly what you're picturing. He said that she never led him to believe they were about to break up. So this was news to him. But and at the end of the day, there was no evidence against him. So he can't hold him. So with the two front runners, they start interviewing people close to Ashley and Nathan, starting with Nathan's roommate, Daniel William. He's also an art student. He's from Indonesia and served in the Navy. He's 26, so he's older than Nathan Ashley, but was at was like a big brother to everyone. He seemed like the type to like walk in the student union and everyone be like, hey, Daniel. You know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. <clears throat> he said Shelly was Nathan's first girlfriend and honestly started getting worried about how Nathan started acting towards her. He was skipping class and to apparently go watch her. Like he would just watch her everywhere she went. So even Daniel talked to Ashley about it, <clears throat> Shelly's roommate, and she completely agreed. She, they thought that Nathan was stalking Shelly. He also to told the detective he noticed scratches on him after Shelly was murdered, the same ones the detective saw when I tried to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and most suspects... Daniel picked up Nathan Thursday night from class, which would have been the day of the murder, but about 12 hours before her body was discovered. And he was very withdrawn. 
And when they went to sleep, Daniel heard Nathan crying in his room. He, yeah. He went in there and asked what was wrong. And he said he didn't know what he was talking about. Like, it was like, I wasn't crying, but it was like very, <laughs> like, yeah. Daniel told the cops, he was like, it was very, he was face red. You can tell that someone's crying. Oh my God. And once Shelly's body was found, Daniel put all the pieces together. So police searched their apartment and found a plastic bag with blood on it. Oh. And during a second interview with Nathan, the cops bring this up and he bucked up real quick. He was no longer a shallow little boy. He was a man demanding a t- an attorney. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. While the bag was getting tested, they had Shelly's funeral where Cynthia and Sam met Nathan for the first time and Cynthia refused to shake his hand. She wouldn't... She, like, knew it. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to live with herself knowing she shook the hand of her daughter's potential murderer. The DNA test came back and the blood on the bag was, in fact, Shelly's. So things aren't looking good. All the while, the cops are obviously keeping Shelly's parents in the loop and told them that with this evidence, plus everything his roommate Daniel said, they're confident they have their guy. And Cynthia's ears perk up like she just had a recovered memory and goes, wait, Daniel? Shelly was scared of a guy named Daniel. (gasps) Cynthia goes on to tell Elsie that Shelly used to talk about how incredibly creeped out she was by this guy. He would corner her in hallways, call her constantly, complain that they always left him, that her and Nathan always left him out on playing video games and their dates. It's like (laughs) fucking weird. Weird. Right. So now the cops are like re-questioning everything. They're putting the pieces back together and have determined, well, that bag was Shelly's blood. So now it's either Nathan or Daniel. Oh my God. Daniel. So they re-questioned Daniel to get his alibi. He went to Starbucks Thursday morning, then went to Walmart to get hair dye. He was actually friends with Ashley, Shelly's roommate, so he called her for lunch. Then went to some place to take pictures with his camera. Then went to his friend Jessica's house, but she wasn't home. They pulled the Walmart footage, and he actually is there getting hair dye. What color? Black. I guess, because he's Indonesian, has black hair. Oh, okay. But if you're a... Anyone buying box dye in the 2000s, you know what else you need? Latex gloves, <gasps> which he was also buying. So they send the latex gloves off to testing. And what do you know? It's the matches the one that's under Shelly's, they found under Shelly's left wrist. No. Mm-hmm. I am real shocked. You should hear this. these interviews. Every, I mean, he sounds like a stand-up guy. It's just... So he gets arrested, and let's get down to the theory. This is what they think happened. Shelly's a night owl. She's very known for this. So she was doing schoolwork on her computer until about 6 a.m. I don't don't know how people do it. Opposite. Oh, but remember in college, we used to, like, stay up at Kappa? Yeah, for, (laughs) like— So never mind. I do get it. Not stay up. We would just get up at, like, 3.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, we would just get up uber early you wouldn't stay up all night yeah i guess not <clears throat> it worked for us oh it sure did the days so where was i oh yeah she was working on her computers till 6 a.m then she went to sleep you can see in the walmart surveillance daniel was vigorously texting i'll try to find a snapshot of it for my post but 
So they pulled those phone records and he is texting Ashley for lunch, but it's like hammer texting her. It's like, hey, let's go to lunch later. Ashley, can you? Hello, Ashley. It's like, all right, chill. Calm down. She tells him she's going to be in class most of the day and can't. And then he goes radio silent for about two hours. We now know he was obviously just checking her schedule to see if she'd be in that apartment. Ashley also confirmed that he borrowed her car about a month before the murder. And she didn't know why, but she does now. It was all a ploy to get her keys and make a copy of the apartment. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Daniel pleads not guilty, so they take the shit to trial. The defense attorney's strategy was obviously dependent on Nathan, and the entire trial, they keep an old MySpace photo of him dressed as a ninja holding a sword. They keep it up the whole trial. Like, claiming it was a foreshadowing of what he was planning to do and his crazed criminal act. Like, really, I feel like that's grasping at straws. I'm literally picturing, like, a three-year-old dressed up for hell. I know. And again, he's nerdy. Just leave his MySpace alone. Get out of here with this <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> That's so, okay. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor fought back, saying, while this was all going down, Nathan was so sad that he went to stay with his grandmother, who cut the crust off his sandwiches every day for lunch. No. <laughs> also not a cope. But also, just to paint a picture of... How innocent and sweet he is. Yes. I like cannot get over that. On top of that, as I mentioned, he's very scrawny. So they thought Shelly could take him even in her sleep. A few things we didn't know about Daniel that they point out. He's openly gay and admits he was infatuated with Nathan when he first moved in, but said the crush dwindled, which I'm like, infatuation to crush is very extreme. Yeah. And other tidbits. And the Navy, there were several occasions he went to his superiors when someone was pissing him off and said that he was planning to hurt them or thinking about hurting them with a knife or hot oil. The fuck? Oh, God. I know. And then there was another time him and his brother got in a fight and he took a samurai sword to his room and just, like, destroyed everything. Just stabbing everything. <laughs> okay. All very obvious. <clears throat> but, yeah. So the jury deliberated for one hour, and Daniel was found guilty of first-degree murder. And in Texas, the jury decides the sentencing. So he got life in prison without the possibility of parole for 30 years. And Keith Morrison went to the jailhouse, did an interview. He's still maintaining his innocence, although does admit of being jealous of Shelley for spending so much time with Nathan. But he then added, perhaps, that it was Chris Phillips. The guy Wait. who... The guy who, like, one of his best friends, who is Nathan's best friend, who was with him when they got yeah. the news. No motive, <laughs> like, was never a sus- suspect, never questioned. Chris was in the dateline being like, screw that guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? How about this for a theory? <laughs> he's like, well, he's I'm just, just trying. saying. He's like, you think Chris Phillips for? And he's like, I didn't say that. I'm just saying he has, he has a key to our apartment. He could have put the bag there. Like, <laughs> um, your landlord could have come in, put the bag there. Your, I mean, yeah. it's all stupid. Uh, <laughs> later, Cynthia did profusely apologize to Nathan. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Your first girlfriend gets murdered. You're the shy, never kissed her. 
only hope well, to answer. The shy little boy going to shake at the funeral, just devastated, and they refuse it. Like, oh, but it was well, like, what's going on? I mean, they had to go off what they knew. I know, and I'm sure he understood that too, but it's just so sad. He's like, oh, no, I really didn't do anything. And like martyrs like this really, they piss me off the most because there's like nothing to learn. I know. It's not like don't hitchhike or anything. Though nothing is ever the victim's fault and there's literally nothing a victim could do to make me think otherwise. But it's like she wasn't even in the wrong place at the wrong time. She was sleeping yeah. in her own apartment. I hate things like that. But yeah. I'm like, oh, you're just existing. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's unfair. It's, it's so everything is unfair because people are the worst. That's right. Golly. So is he rotting in jail today? Yeah, yeah he's rotting in like jail today. 13, 12 years ago. 13 yeah. years ago? Oh, yeah. He's 2009? Yeah, 2009. Uh huh. I have never wanted to get off of a call more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. You did great, but I'm out of here and have. Better may God have do. mercy on your soul. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the village Madison, the Happy Gilmore? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't remember. It's a monologue, but it ends with "May God have mercy on your oh, soul." That was the dumbest thing. Yeah. Could, no, it's, it's Billy Madison. What I say? Oh yeah, happy obviously Gilmore. Billy Madison, not Happy Gilmore. <laughs> A simple no would have been just fine, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. All right, well, I guess great I'll job. Have fun on West Coast. Thanks. People are the worst. You are the best. Tell Peace. a friend. Peace out. Tell a friend or three. Whatever. Whatever.